Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh You are tuned into Channel Islam International It is the 11th of Safar 1433 Corresponding with the 5th of December 2012 Alhamdulillah, this is the program Tazkiyah Which comes out every Laylatul Jumu'ah From our studios here in Johannesburg And we have our honorable guest Sheikh Kamaluddin Ahmed with us uh, We missed him for about a week or two Inshallah al-Aziz uh, He is back with us And we wait for his valuable advice uh, if you have any input for the program, don't hesitate to contact us on ii at ciinetwork.net and click on to ciibroadcasting.com uh, in cyberspace to connect with Sheikh Kamaluddin Ahmed for this vibrant program on Tazkiyah. Uh, if you have any questions for the Sheikh, then you may forward your questions to the following cell number Z0027. Eight four double six double eight one double nine. I repeat that uh, line for your SMS queries regarding any aspect on Tazkia for Sheikh Kamaluddin Ahmed, and that's the zero zero two seven eight four double six double eight one double nine. Alhamdulillah, we have Sheikh Kamaluddin out in Pakistan, and he sacrifices his time to come onto this program of Tazkia. So, inshallah, let's see what Sheikh is going to be telling us, speaking to us tonight about on Tazkia. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi Alhamdulillah, with the fuzzle of Allah, we are very well. And how are you, Sheikh? Alhamdulillah. We missed Sheikh for the past, I think, two weeks or so, but alhamdulillah, we're very happy to have Sheikh back again with us here this week, here this late little Jummah. Uh, it's just the onset of the new year. Today in South Africa, many matriculants have just got their results and many of them were jubilant. Many of them were very happy. Indeed, there was a, a, a remarkable, uh, you know, a, a progress or you can say results in the Muslim schools in our country as well. So perhaps Sheikh can give us, our young ones, some advice as well. Um, anything Sheikh wants to discuss, inshallah, with our listeners on CII in the aspect of this year, we really appreciate it. Sheikh may go ahead. Alhamdulillahi <laughs> Allahumma salli ala sinna Muhammad wa ala ala sinna Muhammad wa barik wa sallam Allahumma salli ala sinna Muhammad wa ala ala sinna Muhammad wa barik wa sallam Allah has made every human being a mixture This is why Allah says in the Quran فَأَلْخَمَهَا فُجُورَهَا وَتَقْوَاهَا that Allah Subhanahu inspired a human being with that which is corrupt for it and that which is pious for it and that which is sinful for it and that which is virtue for it so human being has a mixture of attributes the whole purpose of the deen of Islam is that a person should learn how to reduce their bad attributes develop their good attributes but especially to use their good attributes for the deen and a lot of times, many people who are trying to come closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they think that they don't have enough good attributes. Because when they look at the level of their deen, 
they look at their failure in taqwa or their failure in haya or when they miss a prayer or when they commit an act of indecency they make a mistake so the way they diagnose themselves self-diagnose themselves is that I don't have enough good attributes so then when they tell themselves that I don't have enough good attributes then they give up and they may not give up initially they may not give up instantly they may not give up consciously but deep down in their heart they basically give up especially when these things repeat themselves so they miss Fajr again and then they miss it again and then they miss it again or they commit an act of indecency and then they repeat it or they lose their temper and then they repeat it so when they see themselves repeating some type of bad act or bad behavior then again they repeat the diagnosis and when they repeatedly diagnose repeatedly view themselves as not having good attributes they eventually give up and then whatever amount of deen they were able to get at that po- up till that point they're stuck at that level and then when they stop making progress and especially when they stop making effort then shaitan then gradually brings them down and then they start losing whatever deen they have but the reality is and this is why we need to have Mashai who diagnoses as opposed to us diagnosing ourselves the reality is not that we don't have good attributes the reality is not that we don't have passion or we don't have strength or that we don't have willpower the reality is not that we don't have sabr, we don't have istikamat, we have all of those things. The mistake that we made is that we used those good attributes for the dunya, instead of using the good attributes for the deen. So that same person who says that I just don't have it in me, and I'm not consistent, or I'm not strong, or I don't have discipline, no, if you look at their dunya, you will find discipline in their career, in their job, in their studies, in their university. You will find that they have passions about hobbies and sports and other things. You will find that they are very dynamic, they have willpower, but they're using all of those things on the dunya. So it's not that we don't have good attributes. It's not that we should accept defeat and accept this ghafla and <coughs> this laziness that we have no the problem is is that we use the good attributes up entirely for the dunya and then when it came to our deen then we were left because again like I said in the beginning that every human being is a mixture of good attributes and bad attributes so in other words every human being let's take this example of ghafla or being lazy or heedless so every human being will have some level of laziness or heedlessness in them some may have more, some may have less but because we made sure that when it comes to our job our career, our degree, our education our business, mm-hmm. we allowed ourselves zero or almost zero ghaflat, mm-hmm. then what happened was where did the ghafla part of our self come out, it came out in our deen, mm-hmm. it means where did the laziness come out, it came out in our deen where did the lack of discipline come out, it came out in our deen so what we have to do then is we have to direct our good attributes towards the deen. 
and this uh, the teachings of many of the Messiahs have taught us how to do so so today I wanted to talk about one saying and it's an anonymous saying in the sense of not just it's not that I've forgotten the way the saying is transmitted is a wali of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so a nameless friend of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala a wise sage a lover and beloved of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala once said that there are five things that keep a person from attaining taqwa there are five obstacles to attaining taqwa and if a person can overcome these five obstacles then they will be able to obtain taqwa and the first one he says of those five is that a person should choose hardship over ease now all of the explanation I gave in the beginning right but to make it clear because many of us we think that no the deen wants us to choose ease after hardship the ease prefer the easy path instead of taking the harder path but if you think about it now if there's a person let's say in the world let's look at the dunya but if a person chooses a more difficult thing so if a person goes to a more difficult university they try to take a more difficult career they have a more difficult job so they are praised that is viewed as a good attribute mm. that you actually chose a more ambitious path you chose a more difficult path you chose the path that required you to put in more effort more time more work maybe even more money but when it comes to the dunya that is viewed as a good attribute and in fact if there is a person who in the dunya chooses ease every single time so in English, at least in American English, they have a proverb for such a person that, oh, you know, that person, he always takes the easy way out. And this is negative statement. They, they mean this negatively, that look at this person, he always takes the easy way out. So this is exactly what we're trying to suggest tonight, is that we have reversed the roles. When it comes to deen, you think that we should be able to take the easy way out. In fact, we think it's the good thing to take the easy way out. And when it comes to dunya, the person who takes the easy way out is viewed, we wouldn't say with scorn, but is looked down upon or not so favored in the dunya. So what this Wali Sheikh was telling was that one thing that helps us attain taqwa is choosing hardship over ease. Why? Because when we choose ease over hardship, when we take the easy way out in our deen, then our taqwa becomes threatened. When we take the easy way out in our deen, many times when we lose that taqwa. And a lot of us, we have this, right? So we'll take the easy way out, we'll decide that, okay, we'll miss the jamaat, we'll pray later. And once you start taking the easy way out, then you end up missing something. Then you end up losing something. If a person takes the easy way in terms of interaction with people of the opposite gender, then when they allow themselves that ease, it's very quick for them. It's soon, very quickly, they will sin. And so this is an incredibly wise thing. That no, we have to sometimes choose. If you really want to become a person of taqwa, and sometimes you will have to choose difficulty over ease. And it doesn't mean that the deen is difficult, the deen is impossible, the deen is not doable. No, but it means just like in the world, if you want to have any level of attainment, accomplishment, achievement, 
success in this world, sometimes you're going to have to do difficult things. You cannot always do what's, what's easy. Sometimes you have to apply your good attributes of hard work and effort, rise to the task, rise to the occasion, and do something that is difficult. Just like that indeed. Sometimes we are going to have to do things that are difficult. And this is the problem that we make, that we're not willing to do things that are difficult. Even the best of Muslims today sometimes shy away from doing what is difficult. And the reason I'm stressing this so much, again, is because a lot of us have this misunderstanding that, no, if it's difficult, then it's okay, Allah Ta'ala doesn't want me to do it. If it's difficult, then okay, Allah Ta'ala won't mind if I skip it. If it's difficult, then Allah Subhanahu wa Taala would not expect me to do it. No. If it's difficult, it means that Allah Taala would be extremely pleased if I actually do it. It means if it's difficult, it means that Allah Taala has stored an incredible treasure for me if I do it. It is requires hard work. It requires effort. It requires sacrifice. It requires sacrifice. It means that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will be in love with me if I do it. That's how we should think. Just like when it comes to the dunya. We think that, okay, if it involves sacrifice, then I'll get a lot of money. It involves difficulty, but I'll get a good degree. It involves a lot of hard work, but I'll, you know, get a promotion. Hmm. So we don't shy away from hard work, sacrifice, and difficulty in the dunya, but we have started to shy away from hard work, sacrifice, and difficulty in the hmm. And when we started doing that, when we started shying away from the hard work, sacrifice, and difficulty for the sake of deen, then we started losing our taqwa. Then a person slips. Then a person slips. Just like in the dunya, if a person shied away from hard work and sacrifice and difficulty, they would start slipping in their grades, or they would start slipping in their performance at work, or their business would start slipping, they would start slipping. But because in our dunya, we don't want to slip at all. We put all of our effort there, but when it comes to our deen, we're content with slipping, and we give it the name of ease, and we think that ease is better than hardship. So I felt that this was a very profound statement of this Malay Allah that one of the five obstacles, right, is this, one of the five reasons why we don't have taqwa, is because we keep choosing the easy way out. And therefore the first way that we're going to get taqwa is to choose difficulty, choose hardship, sometimes, right, maybe not every single time, but to choose hardship over ease. The second thing he said, was that a person should choose exertion over rest. That a person should choose exertion over rest. And again, when we reflect upon this, this is exactly our attitude when it comes to our deed. We think that in our deen, we should always be at rest. If we go all the way for Umrah, and we make one tawaf, and then we feel that, okay, now it's okay, Allah Ta'ala is fine if I rest. Allah Ta'ala is fine if I relax. Allah Ta'ala doesn't, you know, wouldn't care if I did anything more. We choose rest. When it comes to our night sleep, we choose rest. When it comes to our daytime sleep, we choose rest. When it comes to our lifestyle, we choose rest. Only when it comes to deen. When it comes to dunya, we choose exertion. We'll wake ourselves up at 7 a.m. in the morning if we have a job. 
wheels travel or drive, that's an exertion. People who drive and make a commute will do that for the sake of the job. Will work all day, nine, ten hours nonstop for the sake of a job. So all of our exertion goes for dunya. And then by the time we have given all of our exertion effort, right, to dunya, then what happens is that naturally, because we are human, and again, like I said, we are a mixture. It's like every human being will have to, sometimes can do things that are difficult, but sometimes will need to do things that are easy. Every human being can do things that require effort and exertion, and every human being at times also needs to take a rest. But the problem we made was that we made all of our effort and exertion from the dunya, and we always take a rest when it comes to the deen. And when we do that, then we again lose on our taqwa. Why? Because taqwa requires another thing. Taqwa requires mujahada. Mujahada means taqwa requires effort, it requires ibadah, it requires worship, it requires nafil ibadah. Taqwa requires some recitation of Quran, some prayers of forgiveness, istighfar to Allah subhanahu wa some dood and salawat, salutations and blessings upon Sayyidina Rasulullah some zikr Allah, some remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa some extra volunteer prayers. In order to get taqwa, we have to make that exertion. And because we choose not to do so, and most people, they think nafil ibadat is something that they don't need to do. But it's very difficult to get taqwa without doing nafil ibadat. You have to make that exertion. So because we choose rest and relaxation over exertion and effort, then we are losing in our taqwa. We're lacking in our taqwa, and some of us become losing in our taqwa. It also means that sometimes when we want to rest, if we can make the choice, if we can make that mujahada, that no, instead of resting, I'm going to make some effort, strive in the path of attaining the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa then Allah subhanahu wa give a person taqwa. For example, there's a sahih hadith in which Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu said, that one of the most beloved people to Allah subhanahu wa is that person who is traveling in a group, and then the group reaches its destination, and everybody else in the group is tired, so they go to sleep. And they've all prayed their isha, but they go. It means they're tired. They go to sleep without doing any nafil ibadah. But that one person, he decides that no. Even though I'm also very tired, even though I'm also fatigued from the journey, I still want in my heart to make nafil ibadah. So he rises and he stands up in salah. And he prays nafil salat to Allah Taala. In other words, he chose effort and exertion over rest and relaxation. According to hadith, that person becomes the beloved of Allah Taala, the mahboob of Allah Taala. And then when a person becomes the beloved of Allah Taala, then Allah Taala bestows taqwa upon them. Allah Taala bestows taqwa upon them. This was some of our listeners may remember something we had talked about several months ago. When we had come back from Zambia at the coast, and one of the things our Sheikh had told us that one of the first uliya that he kept the company with, Sheikh Babuji had said that taqwa wahbihe kasminahi, that taqwa is something that is bestowed by Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, is not something that is attained through our effort. 
So what is it that makes Allah Ta'ala make that decision to give a person taqwa, to give the person taqwa? So these are the things that our Mashaik teach us. These are the things that the Hadith of the Prophet teach us. That if that person makes that decision, that they choose exertion and effort over rest and relaxation. And even though they traveled in that group and made that long journey and they are tired and fatigued, they make that decision to choose effort and exertion over rest, then they become the beloved of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That means they attract the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will gift that person taqwa. And we don't do that anymore. And again, partly because of our understanding is that no, Allah ta'ala wants me to rest. Allah ta'ala wants me to take it easy. Allah ta'ala desires ease for me. But maybe Allah subhanahu has allowed and permitted that, but how much treasure and love and taqwa Allah subhanahu would give us if we were to make effort and exertion, we have underestimated that. The third thing, so the first thing was to choose difficulty or hardship over ease, not to take the easy way out. The second thing was to choose the path of effort and exertion over rest and relaxation. The third thing, he said in Abdullah was to choose humility and loneliness over pride and position to choose humility and loneliness over pride and position now this means two things right humility obviously we can understand that that a person should view themselves to be less over pride but loneliness over position so this reminds me of another saying another sheikh and I, I can't remember that name right now, but Mother Sheikh Ramadan, I said that you should be in, you should try your desire, heart's desire is that you should be the best of people in Allah Taala's eyes, and you should be the worst of people in your own eyes, and you should be an ordinary person in the eyes of your fellow human beings. This third part, in other words, that number one, that we should want them we can become as best as possible in Allah's Taala's eyes. But however, we should also want that we should always view ourselves as the worst of people. And third, not that we want people to view us as the worst of people, but we don't want people to view us as the best of people. We want people to view us just as an ordinary person. This is what it means to choose loneliness over position. Loneliness over prestige, maybe put it that way. To choose loneliness over prestige. And again, this is, you know, a very rare attribute. This is a special attribute. And we can do the opposite. We want in being that we should have recognition. We should have appreciation. That my teacher, my sheikh, they should compliment me on what I did. They should notice what I did. They should reward me for what I did. They should praise me for what I did. That's what we want. We want they, they should mention us favorably, that they should mention our praise, that they should praise us in front of us, they should praise us in our absence, that we want that prestige, we want that position. But then, in order to get that prestige and position, or to maintain that prestige and position, sometimes a person violates taqwa. For example, Part of taqwa, fearing Allah SWT means that because we know Allah SWT knows everything that we're doing, we know that Allah SWT knows everything that we're saying, 
We know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows everything that we're thinking. We know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows everything that we're feeling. That we would never undermine a fellow Muslim. We would never undercut a fellow Muslim. We would never harbor ill feelings towards a fellow Muslim. We would never think ill of a fellow Muslim. But sometimes, for the sake of position or prestige or earning praise or getting a position, right? Many of us, we undermine somebody else. We undercut somebody else. We slight somebody else. We hope, uh, we try to make our position at the expense of the positions of others. And this is a very widespread illness amongst people who are religious. And this sort of religious competition and religious undercutting, that means a person not a person of taqwa. And they lose their taqwa because of this. Because taqwa, just like we said, taqwa requires mujahada. Taqwa also requires another thing which is called ikhlas. Ikhlas generally means sincerity, truthful sincerity and honesty. But ikhlas, and especially I think those who understand Urdu, the, really Urdu, uh, there's an Urdu sense that is captured, uh, an original Arabic sense that many even Arabic speakers have lost that understanding that to be mukhlis also means to be the well-wisher of someone to place that person before you, to place their position and prestige before you place your own. This is why Sayyidina Rasulullah sometimes in the hadith that not one of no one of you has truly attained perfection in Iman until they love for their fellow Muslim what they love for themselves. Right? Mm-hmm. To be that level of well wisher for others. So that if we want that we should get some success, we would want that the other Muslims should get the same success if we want that we get some reward or praise, we would want that the other Muslims should get that same praise and reward. So sometimes putting others before ourselves, right? That, see, the words of the Shaykh was loneliness over position. It wasn't parity, it wasn't equality. Loneliness over prestige. And what does that mean? So that loneliness means that sometimes we have to be able to put other people in front of us. Other, and if we do that, we will get taqwa. Now you will see in the dunya, this is a praiseworthy characteristic. If there's some student who helps their other students out, everybody will praise him. If there's a colleague and she helps all of her fellow nurses or doctors out, everybody will praise her, right? If there's a man or woman in the family or a brother and the sister or the family who puts their siblings before them, in front of them, above them, prefers them, Everybody will praise that sibling, right? Just like that in being, if we prefer others to us, if we put others in front of us, if we want that others should have the prestige and position, and we are content with being humble and lonely ourselves, this is what will enable a person to have taqwa. But if we want that know that all the prestige and position and fame and praise should belong to me, and none of the prestige and fame and position and praise should go to anyone else, then you will lose taqwa. And this, again, is a big problem amongst religious people, that they want that fame. And this is really, if you go back, well, there's so many ways that so many different ulama have talked about what was the primary sin that Iblis did. 
and some have said Ujub, some have said Hassan, some have said Takabur. All of it circulates around this fact that he wanted that prestige, he wanted that position, he wanted that praise. And when he saw the Sayyidina Adam al-Islam was getting prestige and position and praise, even though it did not diminish his status, he was at that moment still being allowed to be one of in the company of the angels. He had still been invited into the divine presence, the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the praise and prestige and and status that Sayyidina Adam was receiving did not diminish Iblis's status at all, but still he didn't like it. Did not like it. Wanted all of it for himself. This is something that will make a person lose taqwa. So three things that the Wali Vahtai mentioned. The first one was to choose hardship and difficulty over ease. The second was to choose effort and exertion over rest and relaxation. And the third thing was to choose humility and loneliness over pride and position. The fourth thing, he said, was that if we want to get taqwa, we must be able, and again, sometimes, not every time, we should be, we should, we must choose, we must be able to, at times, choose silence over idle talk. Silence over idle talk. And this is something that we had mentioned once earlier in the program about love. The true believers are those who abstain and refrain from vain, idle, fruitless, pointless talk. And this is what very recently here in the Horror Sheikh, in one of his talks, he mentioned the concept of Fuzul, to leave things that are wasteful, idle, pointless, unnecessary, have no benefit, uh, to leave those things. Fuzul. And one aspect, one of the many things that we do, Fuzul means the things that are extraneous and unnecessary, right? So one of the fudul, one of the extraneous and unnecessary things that we do is our words. Many times we engage in idle talk and conversation. Now, again, and this is something that's mentioned in Quran al-Kareem as love, and this is something which is mentioned by Allah subhanahu wa Quran al-Kareem that that person who abstains from this and refrains from this, they will be the successful believers. And the successful believers are obviously the muttaqeen. So when we engage in vain and idle talk, it numbs our taqwa. First of all, the more we speak, the greater the chance that sooner or later our tongue will make a mistake, our tongue will slip, maybe our tongue will err, even worse, our tongue will sin. It also means that the more and more we are engaged in idle talk, vain talk, it means we have to talk about dunya. You see, there's no such thing as idle talk about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's no such thing as idle and vain talk about deen. So if anybody is engaged in idle and vain talk, it means they're doing that about the dunya. When they're doing it about dunya, that means that they're over-engaged beyond what is necessary, beyond what is in their interest, beyond what is in their benefit. They have transgressed from the hasanat of the dunya, and they're engaged in vain and idle, pointless talk of the dunya. means they're over-engaged in dunya. Any person who is over-engaged in dunya is not going to be able to become a person of taqwa. So that means that we must practically, pragmatically try to talk less, to choose silence, instead to remain quiet. In other words, to remain quiet 
as opposed to simply engaging in vain and idle and fruitless and pointless talk, let alone to engage in sinful talk and conversation, backbiting, slander, rumor, gossip, lies, exaggeration, etc. So now you would say again that in the dunya, when a person does this, they are praised. So this is viewed as a skill in the dunya. They know this person, they know when to remain quiet. They know when they've reached the line. They know when no longer to speak at the meeting. They know how much to say. This is viewed as a praiseworthy characteristic. And many people may have that good attribute, but they use it for the dunya. And when it comes to their deen, they let themselves loose. They let their tongue loose. They don't control themselves. They don't have that wisdom. And again, like we mentioned in the beginning, it doesn't mean that they don't have the wisdom. They have the wisdom, but they apply all of their wisdom, all of their virtue, all of their talents, all of their skills, all of their good attributes. They apply all of that to the dunya. And then because every human being is a mixture of good and bad attributes, then what was left for the deen was their bad attributes. So in this case, what was left for the deen was their loose tongue, their wise tongue, they used that in the workplace, in the office, in the university. So what did they leave behind for the, for the deen? Their loose tongue, their idle tongue, their senseless tongue. This was the fourth thing that the Sheikh had said, that if we want to get taqwa, we must be people who at times choose silence or vain talk. And the fifth and final thing, that in order to get taqwa there must be a fifth choice that we make and that is literally the words are to choose death over life what it means is that to choose those things that will be better for our death as opposed to those things that will be better for our life and there's something again I remember we spoke about a few months ago that one of our sheikh's advices was that we have not come into this world to live a good life but rather we have come in this world to die a good death. And we have to make that choice. We have to actually show in our book of deeds that there were times when we were presented with an opportunity. Times that we were presented with an opportunity to do something that would have been better for our life in this world, but would have made us die in a less noble state. And in those instances, in those cases we chose death over life we chose nobility in death over nobility in life we chose success in death as opposed to success in life we have to make that choice otherwise if we always focus on this life and we always make the choices for the sake of this life then sooner or later we're going to slip in our taqwa or we're going to lose our taqwa if we live for this world, we will never be able to get taqwa. But if we live for the akhirah, or even if we live for our own mouth, if we live for our own death, then a person will be able to get taqwa. But another way we can phrase this is the only reason we were given life was so that we could die. And if we don't think like that, we think the reason I'm alive is so I can do this, I can accomplish this, I can leave this much behind as inheritance for my children, and this is this golden great opportunity but no doubt life is the greatest opportunity because it's what's going to allow us to earn Allah Ta'ala's eternal pleasure and eternal akhirah but life is only an opportunity and a chance to die well 
That's what life is. That's the real opportunity that life offers is to die a good death. And if we blow that opportunity, then everything else is not really, it's not a great opportunity to enjoy, or a great opportunity to experience, or a great opportunity to do this or to do that. It's an opportunity to die. That's what Allah Santa has given us. Allah Santa has not given us an opportunity to live. He's given us an opportunity to die in such a state that we are pleased to Him, we are pleased with Him, we are pleasing to Him, that we die a good death. So it means that, in other words, generally it means that sometimes we have, that a person must choose Akhirah over this world. A person must choose dying nobly over living nobly. So these were the five things that this great wali of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, that there are five things that keep a person to taqwa, and five obstacles, and if they can do five things, they will get that taqwa, and the first one was choosing difficulty and hardship over ease, second was to choose exertion and effort over rest, third was to choose humility and loneliness over pride and position, fourth was to choose silence over vain, idle, fruitless talk, and the fifth thing was to choose death over life, means to choose the hasanat of the akhirah over the hasanat even of this world, that you prefer the next life over this life, to prefer nobility in death to nobility in living, and all of us have these attributes, all of us have these abilities, and if we can learn to channel our abilities and our efforts towards our deen, then inshallah we can become people who are pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then when we make that effort and make full use of our good attributes, then we can also become muttaqeen, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded in Quran al-Kareem, Ya ayyuhallazina amanatakullaha haqqa taqati, that, oh, you have iman, you must have taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as it befits him, as his right is over us, وَلَا تِمُوتُنَّ إِلَّا وَأَنْتُمْ مُسْلِمُونَ And if you don't, O oh, people of iman, have that taqwa, then iman minus taqwa may even take away your very Islam, you may even die outside of Islam, so you must do so lest you do not die, other than in a state of Islam, may Allah Ta'ala accept us, and give us that sense and that wisdom and that strength and that direction to use all of our good attributes towards the deen, to use all of those good attributes for taqwa. Save us from everything that is vain and idle. 
Mm. In your big name, Ya Allah, we ask that you enable us to die a noble death, mm. to die in such a way that we are pleasing to you, to mm. die in such a way that we are pleased to you, mm. to meet you on the day of judgment, mm. such that we are smiling upon you and that mm. you are smiling upon us. Mm. Jazakallah khair, Jazakallah Sheikh. Sheikh is outlining something very, very important in this talk here, and I basically just came to me, it just came to my mind. A dunya sijnul mu'min wa jannatul kafir, where Rasulullah said that the world is a prisoner for the believer and a jannat for the disbeliever, for the unbeliever. What a wonderful talk that was, Jazakallah khair, Jazakallah Sheikh. Until next week, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.